homosexuals have been here and always have been. This is the first time listening to us. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to our podcast. We may say inappropriate things today. We're going to be talking about the history of the LGBTQIA community, and we are going to touch base on some very sensitive subjects that may be hard for some listeners to listen to. And as we go through the history, language has changed, Mm -hmm. but we will be saying as it was in the history. It may not be how we uh, say it now. Mm -hmm. And I just want everybody to know that. Yep. This is a representation of the history that was, that has been done to the LGBTQIA community. Let's start the show. So to start, it's a hard time to find anything documented for like any time before the 1800s for the LGBTQIA community. And but one person in particular that stuck out to me the most is Alice Dunbar Nelson. She was best known as one of the very few female African-American diarists. Like, so she would write in diaries and write poems um, in the early 20th century. She portrays the complicated reality of African-American women intellectuals addressing topics such as racism, oppression, family, work, and sexuality. She later identified as bisexual and would touch base on these topics and is very controversial. She was one of the very first ones to talk about it. Coming from there to, you know... A lot must have happened yeah. between then and to where we're to where we're going right now mm-hmm. because so many years passed. Exactly. And like I said in the beginning, homosexuals have always been here. And it's however... It's just how they've been treated. Right. So in 1924, Henry Gerber founded the Human Rights Foundation, and it was called Chicago Society for Human Rights, and it was the first gay rights organization in the United States ever. Right. The Society of Human Rights. Mm -hmm. Distributed to a small membership. In 1925, the society came to an abrupt end. The wife of one of the co-founders reported her husband, a reputed bisexual, to her social worker who contacted the police. Following a police raid, Gerber and several others were arrested and prosecuted for their deviance. After three costly trials, the case against Gerber was dismissed. Gerber lost his life savings defending himself and was fired from his job at the post office for conducting unbecoming a postal worker. I just think that that was a very huge thing to be done back then. Right. 
because I feel like this person is a straight person who's literally fighting for the rights of gays and lesbians in a very hard time. Right. Then to have that happen and be raided by the police and yep. fight, basically fighting for that. I'm like, damn. And he was the only one sticking up for, for the, for the LGBTQIA community mm-hmm. back way back when and way back when. And so I think that's a very huge impactful thing. And that being the very first organization and mm-hmm. it's huge it is huge biologists and researchers and sex researchers they started studying the behaviors mm-hmm. but i'm just going to tell you they started training psychologists because let's take it back in 48 to the to the beginning of the 50s this is what it was supposed to be oh you're going to marry Mm-hmm. You're going to marry a woman. You're going to marry a man. You're going to have 2.5 children. Mm-hmm. You're going to live happily ever after. This was, dr- and you're going to have a white picket fence. You're going to go to work. The men's going to work. You're gonna the, do, wo- the, the woman's going to just take care of all the children. All and the all children, the, all, the, all the cooking, all this, all that, all Stupid this. Stupid gender norms. Well, I'm going to tell you, 1948, they started studying. They started saying that being gay is a mental illness. They started training psychologists. They started teaching them. So coming out of college, doing this, they are training and training and training. Mm -hmm. Did I get it wrong by not looking it up? Yeah. In the forties, the psychiatrist and like psychologist, like anybody that was having to do with a mental illness type thing, they would look at homosexuality as an illness and treat it as such. Right. In the 1952, they uh, listed it as a sociopathic personality disturbance. And the treatments they would do on them was horrendous. And California had one of the biggest facilities. And even within the community, they knew about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was the biggest facility that contributed to these horrible treatments. Right. Um, Just to say a few is like lobotomy yep. big one fucking fucked up then it leaves the patient just not them literally not even human like literally dehumanizing the person then you have where they are electric shock therapying them on their fingers or different locations of their body yep. while they are looking at images that they find arousing to replace that arousal with pain correct and ugh, it's so, so that way up. when they would go back into society mm-hmm they would not be attractive to the same sex. Yeah. So they would shock the fuck out of them and in hopes of that would not arouse them yeah. any longer. And there's uh, people that I've talked about, their friends or family members that have had this happen to them where yeah. they're like, such and such went into this place, this and then came out and was it wasn't them anymore. They right. were literally just... So they would, in these facilities, they would even come down to castration. Yes. If you don't know, that means it means cutting off y'all... Your your goods. Your goods. Yeah. So one of these people had a friend that went into the facility Mm -hmm. in California, Mm -hmm. came out a vegetable, was not even the same person that when they came in before. This is how it was. It wasn't okay. Mental illness. Yeah. Chalk it up to mental illness. And they 
had all this stuff that they were trying to fight saying that, oh, it is an illness and it is this, this, that, and the other thing. But many professionals in medicine and mental health and social scientists criticized the categorization due to the lack of uh, scientific data because right. they were arguing it and saying, where are you finding this and this and how are you putting these together that it's a mental illness? And, you and gotta, it's like you can't because they're literally born that way. Right. Like, so you and, and you got to remember during this time leading up into the 50s, mm-hmm. they started going nay, 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 nay mm-hmm. in, in employment. Homosexuals were not allowed. They were going to get fired. Mm-hmm. Fired. You're mm-hmm. fucking fired. Yeah. For for just being for being for you for being you. Yep. This started going into the military. Yes. Yeah. Where you couldn't be of LGBTQ. If and what did that president do within that time? Well, in 1953, Dwight Eisenhower signs an executive order banning homosexuals from working for the federal government or any of its private uh, contractors. And the order lists homosexuals as a security risk along with alcoholics and like neurotics, like so narcotics and that's how that's how it was being classified back then. That's how it was being presented to the public. Yeah. And I'm going to stop right here and say back then they sent out they had advertisements. They sent out advertisements mm-hmm. basically on this. This is how they did. They would do like back then in the day if you got in trouble it was going in the fucking newspaper with your name. Like, well, we've seen that like when we this is a totally different topic, but like we've seen that whereas kind of like we have the social media platforms of Instagram and Facebook and all this stuff to update people. Right. They didn't have that back then. So it, literally you would see in the newspaper would be like so and so just moved into this house or so and so got this job. It was like yep. they they talked about that stuff. So they would literally put it in the newspaper. Yeah. And if you were a 19 year old and you were found gay, mm-hmm. you, they ruined your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the 50s, 40s, so and even I want you guys to remember they ruin your life. Mm-hmm. So when we get into the next stories to come, a lot of times these people were street people because of this. Yes. Because of what? Yes. It was becoming more and more commonly that police were doing raids and. Right. Not no, not only just raids, but if they saw any types of acts of it, they would, you'd get beaten down. If it was reported from a family member, yep. friend, same same situation. So it was all happening. And so um, around 1950s, it was founded um, the Madashin. I don't know if I'm saying it right, Madashin or Madashin um, Society. And it was founded in 1950, and it was alongside um, the same type of organization as the Chicago Society for Human Rights. And it was uh, founded by Harry Hay. Um, he was a gay rights activist. It was founded in Los Angeles. Yep. And whereas this other one was on the other side of the country, um, who believed that homosexuals should see themselves as an oppressed minority entitled to equal rights. The Madashin uh, came from the Society Madashin, a medieval French group of mass dancers and players 
who satires social conventions. During the society's initial years, Hay led meetings in which he sought to raise awareness and educate its members on the relationship between social justice and homosexuality. The organizations viewed religion, psychiatric, and the government as oppressive and focused on preventing police entrapment of gay men. They would have newspapers. It was like little bullet. It was it was like bulletin, kind of like social media. How you have like a page. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be a bulletin, and it would only go out to certain individuals, right? Who were like subscribed to it, or pretty like, much. Yeah. And so, an example would be, um, and this is again, we've talked about. This is not our wording. This is the wording of what it was like back then. Homosexuals are different, but we believe they have the right to be. We believe they. They have the right to civil rights and human dignity of homosexuals are as precious as those of any other citizen. We believe that the homosexual has the right to live, work, and participate in free society. The Madachine defends the rights of homosexuals and tries to create a climate of understanding and acceptance. And this was in the, what, 50s? And so I feel like to see that representation is really... um, great for the community of the lgbtq because it was you're like you had these people that were really fighting mm-hmm. for it back then when right. it was literally being beaten down saying you'd have commercials on the tv or the radio where it was like if you think your child is doing these acts of whatever homosexuality it was like send them here we can convert them and da 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 yeah. you would hear those everywhere on news platforms of tv radio whatever you could listen to and you see it in the newspaper and it was like very like ugh. but um so in 1962 january 1st 1962 Mm -hmm. illinois well actually july of of 1961 illinois reappeal appeals its sodomy laws and in January 1st of 1962, it became the first state to decriminalize homosexuality. It was the only state in the United States at that time in 1962. This did not give anybody any rights. Mm-mm. It just was not against the law. It is so basically it it was like, I'm going to say a small crumb yep of a little bit like a A little a little tiny drop of water because this is where it's like it's decriminalized where it's like oh you may not get in trouble for it kind of thing it's just decriminalized and it's only in that one area so if you're caught anywhere else it was all fair game it kind of seemed like um illinois or chicago because chicago's brought up a few times right was one of the very few rare areas that was more accepting correct you also hear of where members of the community would have to hide out just to feel safe to be themselves correct one being in new york it was popular where it certain part of the park these groups would hang out and if you went outside of their you'd get fucking fucked up by the cops because they knew right. you were there. The incidences where if they wanted to have a more intimate relationship with someone, what would they have to do? So they, end up, they ended up finding a, 
a place it was an industrial place mm-hmm. and it had the the truck trailers during the day it was like raw meat it mm-hmm. was like so going in there was gross and disgusting right, right um so that's where they would go but they would think nobody would go and look there right right correct you know because it's you know uh, industrial place right and they started getting you know harassed there mm-hmm. getting arrested there mm-hmm. Um, there was a long stream of being arrested, mm-hmm. but from different places, like, you know, if somebody lived in California, they right. knew, they knew uh, there was a whole bunch of people coming to New York because there was this block that it was a, you know, okay, like a safe haven, a safe place, right? Mm-hmm. It was a safe place to be and to be yourself. They could have a conversation on the steps of the streets and right. not be harassed. Mm-hmm. Um, there were several witnesses that there were people openly, you know, hugging, right. doing all of, you know, what a normal couple would do. Expressing their hands. emotions and yes. feelings. Yeah. And not having to hide it. Not having to hide right. it. Mm-hmm. Correct. And you got to remember during this time before we get into this, we had a whole movement that was happening imagine you know the little housewife and the 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 going off to work and then all of a sudden chaos is happening right all of a sudden chaos is happening we have people standing up for their rights Mm -hmm. people fighting for their rights yeah because this is the same time when other communities were getting oppressed and getting mm -hmm. fucking hate and the hippie the mm -hmm. hippie movement it was just everything was happening yeah people of color and people were sitting on the park benches going, what the fuck is happening? Well, so for people who don't really like this is the same time of like Rosa Parks era of like all this type of stuff was right. happening. And so it was like nobody who was looked at and I'm doing this in quotation because it's what it was said looked at as different was not accepted at all. And the LGBTQ plus community sat there. And fought for all of these individual right. rights, right? Just for human rights. Just for human rights. Mm-hmm. But at that time, they weren't fighting for their own rights. Because mm-hmm. they were, were fighting for civil rights. People were trying to figure it out. Yeah, they were doing fighting for civil rights just for everybody to freaking be civil. <laughs> so around the six, you know, 1965, they start going, you know, they're fighting. Mm-hmm. But the lack of civil rights within the LGBT Q plus community, nobody was fucking talking about. Right. I mean, it was pretty well. No one was really sticking up for them, no. except for They're, and they weren't even sticking up for themselves. Right. And expe- ex- except for these two organizations that would mm-hmm. try to be going at bat for them. And but at that same time, when the Machine Society they started documenting in New York where the liquor authority prohibits serving gay people at any type of bar. Yeah, because at this point from in the 1960s, <coughs> homosexual acts were illegal in every state except Illinois. And so they were they weren't allowed to serve. No, and the Machine Society they soon will or we're going to fucking sue them right. because it wasn't okay. So during this time, all of this is happening, Mm -hmm. but this community has come together 
Well, they had a they had a place. Yes, they did. And they've been shit on so fucking mm-hmm. much where they keep hearing so much more happening to their community Correct. in the newspaper. So much harm and hurt that they're getting done to their community. So in this area of the safe haven, they had a place where they could go and be openly expressive of who they were. That being Stonewall and it was a very popular place for people to go to. It was a Stonewall Inn. Before the whole big thing with Stonewall, the the members who would go there and be a part there were so well aware of certain situations that were happening, one being um, of another location where a drag queen was... They raided a place and the drag queen was the only one to stick up and was like, basically, fuck you. I mean, in all, I mean, in short term, was a fuck you and like splashed up in the cop's face and um, the cop beat the shit out of this person. And so there's that's just one. And so there's so many other incidences that this community is having to endure and listen to. That started on one part of the country. Right. in san francisco you know they're they're like what the fuck man where can i go yeah where can they're like what what can we do too yeah what can we do just to be able to be ourselves to be able to you know just a place to go exactly and the mass amount of people in new york would go to this one place in stone at stonewall inn Mm -hmm. and they would call them the Twilighters. Mm-hmm. They would be known as the Twilighters because they wouldn't come out until nighttime, mm-hmm. right? The and we coming out meaning being their true, authentic selves. <laughs> right. They would be out in the daily, but they would have to hide their genuine selves. Uh-huh. And, and back then, there was a place for, you know, those that were straight, mm-hmm. and they went because, you know, it it wasn't okay to be themselves there was those kind of places Mm -hmm. then there was a place where overcharge these people and it's like how much profit are you making off of this right you're literally targeting a community and 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 they're like misabusing your power okay but we're gonna do our best to protect you Mm -hmm. we're gonna make a deal with the cops right so their deal with the cops was, okay, we're only going to raid you during the week. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to, you know, we're the They last, had a certain agreement. You know, people, and, you know, they would pay off these right. things, you know, because they were making bank, right? Right. Well, they wouldn't want this, and that, you know. And that's a whole separate thing with the mafia that, like, I don't even know if I want to get into that, nope. but, like, literally, they hey, controlled hey, shit. What I will say is, hey, thanks, mafia, for giving them a place to, yes. you know, um, giving them, give Yeah, giving them a, a safe, safe place. place. But even, the, even, even though <laughs> you were really like reaping those profits yeah like you taking were advantage of bank, them man. totally taking advantage of the situation but i mean they had their hands in everything the mafia yeah and so i think that was a thing they looked at it was was like well i think these people are going to still exist and continue to exist what can i do let's make a profit off of let's it let's make a profit and and i will say this hey thanks for doing it yeah i mean because they really did need a place to go yeah so I'm not bagging on it. It's just they reap, then, the, they reap the profits. <laughs> but then I feel like the police didn't follow suit with that agreement. 
Well, I mean, it was illegal. Yes. And so, so, but so they were like, oh no, you weren't supposed to. So they came at a time when they weren't supposed to be there. So there was just a raid a Tuesday before. Yeah. There was raids everywhere all the time. Yeah. So, you know, this was part of, uh, I believe somebody was being reelected. They were like, let's get clean up the streets let's do this you know on and on and on there was an election happening Mm -hmm. it's always about politics right so clean up the streets let's do all this and what they weren't prepared for because they'd done it so many times during the week right they weren't prepared for the amount of people that were there that were there on june 28th 1969 they weren't prepared that it was going to be a full bar. There were people on the outside. They didn't, they weren't prepared. They weren't prepared for the smoldering of my rights. Right. These are my rights. Right. I am a fucking human being. Right. At the end, like I was leading up to that, they were hearing so many things happening to their community in the newspaper, in, in TV and radio. And it was like, I, I, they, I could just try to picture myself being in that space and it was, it was crowded. There was a lot of people there. There was a lot of people that again, that was a prominent place for anybody who was of that to be there. And there was a lot of people outside from what the witnesses say. Right. So, and they looked at the cops and were like, yeah, where, where's the rest of you? Yeah, where's the rest of you? You can't send six cops in here to tell us, you know, hey, and you know, hey. Would I, which I feel like this community has over and over again has obeyed and been like, okay, okay, we'll do what you say. Mm-hmm. We do what you say. We don't want to cause problems. They said, fuck it. Like, yeah. enough's enough. And we, Jill and I had conflicting information, <laughs> but we do know that somebody. I think it's still the same, but yeah, like, yeah. I, somebody held their ground. Mm-hmm. Because normally the raid is you're supposed to stop, hands up, ID. get ID. Mm-hmm. It was different. Like that follow day. seat and follow suit, suit and obey. And somebody was like, nope, nope, this is my rights. Mm-hmm. This is a place for me to be able to dance with whoever I want to dance with. To be free. To happy. be free, happy, everything. Right. So that night, well, it happened at one o'clock in the morning is mm-hmm. when the raid happened. It changed. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to get everybody out of the building. Some people got out of the building. Some people held their ground right outside. Mm-hmm. Somebody held their ground in the building. Some people didn't have a chance to get out of the building. Is there was more of them right. than, than there was of, of the, the cops. Of the cops. Mm-hmm. The cops barricaded themselves in the building. They had a reporter with them that had a couple a couple uh, buildings up that was on the corner, was inside the building with them, along with, the, with people that were trying to get out right. with their community. Right. See, it, and I don't ever condone violence, but I feel like this community specifically was witnessing so much to their community of their community is getting killed on a rapid rate. There's sometimes when it's like you have to fight back. And I know, I know when we say like, Oh, don't match the same thing. Like don't do what they do. Don't, don't stoop to their level, but they needed to get their message across. 
and it wasn't getting done. And so I, this time they were like, so this Stonewall and um, they had boards up and they could kind of see through the, like the holes of the boards. They could see what was happening out there a little bit. They noticed on the inside that they saw fire. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't know, you know, what, what was happening. Mm-hmm. They did see fire. The community started growing on the outside. It mm-hmm. wasn't just the people on the inside. Right. It was growing. Right. Then what ended up happening, busloads of cops showed up mm-hmm. in their suits, you right, know, the right. riot gear, as we would know now. Mm-hmm. Common. Very common now. And something beautiful happened that night, mm-hmm. even though there was such violence. The people that got out were going to be arrested. They started going in the paddy wagon and then they, they noticed what was happening in their, with their community and they like slammed and got out they right. joined back with their community they ended up going around these blocks they ended up realizing hey there's still more of us right than there are them right and they started because people were joining mm-hmm. so it's, it's, people started they would back up but then the police would back up mm-hmm. and then they would go around these blocks because they knew those blocks way better they were up and down them right and, and they were noticing that they had the control right they had the control mm-hmm. and the police would back up yep. and then there the way that block is if they went around this one corner they ended up in back of them so they ended up in back of the cops they ended mm-hmm. up in front of the cops mm-hmm. a lot of people a lot of people got hurt that night by the yeah. police yep a lot of people got hit, beaten up, mm-hmm. a lot. They stood the ground. They did. The riots went on until July. Yeah, it continued. Um, it's uh, in the weeks following just that the Stonewall incident, activists in New York, they organized the Gay Liberation Front, which they, that's what the name they created for themselves, but that was the movement like that started it and they weren't done. They continued the fight and they continued and continued. And a few months later, after the Gay Liberation Front was the um, the Gay Activist Alliance, the GAA, was founded in December of 1969, a new LGBTQ plus activist organization. You would see in people wouldn't look at it as a parade in the newspapers. They put the rise of a new conscience gay pride on parade and so they i mean (laughs) i mean this is kind of giving me um reminded me of grandma when she like they were protesting and she was like it looks like a parade yeah well well (laughs) but that's totally different but like they were literally i mean it's technically still a riot they're yelling and screaming for their rights right and it's not a joyous celebration that they're doing i mean they're together but they weren't celebrating they were like screaming give us our fucking rights and so i think it's funny that the newspaper is like parade right i'm like it wasn't a parade (laughs) (laughs) but i have a news clipping from there from night july 1969 in madison square garden and um then you would see stuff in the news clippings, the gay revolution comes out and like, it was like, boom, they're here. They're in your face. What are you going to do about it now? What you going to do about it? And so there's news clippings of the reports of that. um, And it says like, there's questions that they would ask and it says, I'll begin with this question. What is the gay liberation front? It says, we are the revolution. Yep. 
And that's the truth. So then um, there's a lot that's happened within that year, but a year following that after then, it was kind of like a celebration. They kind of marked that day as, you know what, we fought back and this is, this is that. And they made it a celebration. A year after on June 28th, 1970, when those that were there experienced involved in Stonewall Inn mm-hmm. raid and they had already experienced it when they went to go because they organized a march mm-hmm. is what they what they actually said. We're going to organize a march. And when they arrived to do it, they were like, okay, hardly anybody's going to come. All of this was happening. And, you know, one individual, they started, there wasn't very as many people, and he looks back and there's just, thousands of people behind him he cried Mm -hmm. and through the whole rest of the march Mm -hmm. because all everybody started i mean just imagine well yeah imagine being it was the standard people and then people that were looking on the outside started joining them coming together and the black panthers showed Mm -hmm. up and they started marching right with them i mean a lot of communities started coming together and was marching you know, a year after the Stonewall riots. I mean, and so they had it called the Gay Liberation Front for a little while, but they renamed it as the Christopher Street Liberation Day. Correct. And so it is the anniversary of the Stonewall riots. It celebrates a year in which a new spirit has entered the struggle for homosexual freedom a new spirit, both militant and tone of revolutionary in orientation. Homosexuals at last have realized that they will never be able to liber- be liberated by political asking the system. Freedom is never given. It must be taken. And so that was marked for June 28th, 1970. That was the Christopher Street Liberation Day. So on that day of the Christopher Street Liberation Day, there were two people that stood out to me that was impactful. Yes, there was all these people that started joining, and that was very powerful and amazing. But there was two people that really stood out to me. Back then, they didn't really know what whatever what they labeled people as, but they were a member of the trans community, and that being Marsha Johnson and Sylvia Rivera. And... Between the two, the one that really was heartbreaking to me, because I feel like everybody talks about Marsha Johnson a lot, but Sylvia Rivera was really heartbreaking for me because um, she was trying to get up on stage all the time to try and talk and try to, you know, activate, like act, be an activist and talk about their feelings and what they wanted to get out. And they kept being denied, being denied, saying, no, 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 you don't get to come up here and talk. You know? Then finally went up there and talked and then was booed by the whole entire crowd. Tons of people being booed, like booing her. And it was very, very hurtful because even back then, it was primarily gays and lesbians that were accepted. Anything else really wasn't accepted as much, and the gays really weren't accepting of the trans community and was like, how do you align with us, blah, 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 blah. And like they would say horrible things. But she stood up there and no matter what, even with all the booze, spoke from her heart of 
where they've had struggles within their lives of what's been going on and also how they need to accept her in their community because may not be the same thing, but we are struggling with the same fight. Right. And so that was very important to me because then shortly after that, Sylvia Rivera and Marsha Johnson created the street transvestite action revolutionary. And it was founded in New York. It was also known just as star. The star was for the street gay people, the street homeless people and anybody that needed help at the time. Mm-hmm. And this, it provided food, clothing, shelter and countless homeless trans youth and eventually had chapters in Chicago, California and England. They were also included in the same groups as the Queens Liberation Front and the Young Lords Party. While Star did not publish a magazine of their own, you can still find many references to their pioneering work in the LGBTQIA time period. And um, one I brought up was the Queens Liberation Front and Drag Magazine. Um, That was founded and created kind of in between the celebration of the 1970 Liberation Day and also Stonewall. Um, it was founded by drag queen Lee Brewster and heterosexual transvestite Bunny Eisenhower. Importantly, the QLF published Drag Magazine, which provides a crucial perspective of drag queens, trans, and gender non-confirming people to what we know now as non-binary. Further, the magazine often covers areas that were not being covered by mainstream homophile publications, which tended to cluster the U.S. coast in a larger city. The drag magazine and the Queen's Liberation Front were activists organizing on behalf of those left behind by the mainstream gay liberation, in particular the drag queens, trans, and gender nonconforming people. And so to me that is very, very important because I feel like even till this day that gets left out. Right. And that's so important because they are humans and people too. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to quickly go over... Um, so in the 1970s, other states started following suit with same as Illinois. Well, Illinois, yes. Let me tell you, California. Not enough. Not enough, though. It was. Let literally... me tell you, California. I know a little secret that you did not follow suit right away. Got a secret? Can you keep it? Mm-hmm. You couldn't because it came out. It came out. We know. I mean, I feel like for you, when you think of California, you think of them as accepting for yeah. the LGBTQIA community. But when you find out the history of them, mm-hmm. it is whoop. They were literally, and that didn't mean again. That didn't mean anybody had any rights. That just meant that you're not going to get fucking arrested. And I think we should speak of Cal- not California as a whole, but their governing, the government mm-hmm. that was being run within, within California. Yeah. So then in, in the year I was born, 1973, the Board of American Psychiatric Association votes to remove homosexuality from its list of mental illnesses. Woohoo. Yeah, but you think but you think you think that they did. But that's not the case. It's not that's just what they but put on paper. That's what how it's going down in our history books that's probably never going to be talked about in school. But I feel like anybody who's a part of the community knows the real truth. Right. So that was a big boom and the next I think big uh, thing that blew up for the LGBTQ community was for gay men. Um, they were looked at as the AIDS crisis, blaming the gay community for the AIDS crisis. Joel's, Joel's going to talk about this for a little bit, then I'm going to go back to the 70s. But you found out that the first case of AIDS, when was that? Yeah. So the first case of AIDS 
they it says likely so you got to take that with a grain of salt but the first person that died was a young man in St. Louis in 1969 and then just one month before the Stonewall riots and then a Norwegian sailor died from AIDS in 1976 and he likely contracted the virus while traveling in Africa. So with their studies and what they were finding, I mean, but it wasn't enough time. Um, the virus looked to be that it came from the regions of Central Africa. Mm-hmm. When they were literally looking at it, that it was just like a sexually transmitted disease that was between men mm-hmm. and only men, which right. isn't the truth. It's and not so, the truth. But they, like I said, it, it w- didn't happen in enough time because... They were looking at, there was a rare cancer. Yep. What, was an, what was another name they would call it? They called it a G... Grid, right? Grid, grid, yeah. And, and the grid, give me a second because I'm not there yet. But they basically just labeling the gay community as the contribution to the AIDS um, crisis. So the CDC, they initially in 1981... Mm-hmm. And remember, I'm going to go back in history here right, a right. little bit. So the CDC initially referred the disease as GRID, gay-related immune mm. deficiency disorder. Right. What the fuck, people? Yeah. Later on, it became, you know, changed to AIDS. Right. So amidst the public apathy and the government inaction, like no help from anybody. No. Literally, they're just like, okay, yep, we're just going to accept this as it is. Right. Um, luckily, um, the gay men's health crisis in the AIDS coalition to unleash power. Act, so the act up, um, formed in New York in the 1980s to raise awareness and fight for an end to the disease. It didn't get relooked at until in the nineties where they finally were like, Oh, other, there was other people getting AIDS too, not just gay men. Yeah, but during the time in the 80s, I remember they spent, they sent out, um, let me get the number real quick. They sent out to every single household, every single household. The CDC started mailing out brochures because, you know, there wasn't social media. You couldn't just plop her out there, right? Right. So they started mailing out the CDC in 1988, they started mailing out brochures understanding AIDS to every household in the U.S. to approximately 107 million brochures were mailed out. Right. And let me tell you, I don't think that they were very fucking accurate. No, um, they weren't accurate. They were not even looking in and out of factual thing. They were literally just trying to be hateful towards the community. Can I take it back to 1977? Yeah. Back to San Francisco here real quick. Let's do a rewind. Mm -hmm. Harvey Milk wins the San Francisco Board of Supervisors and is responsible for introducing a gay rights ordinance, Mm -hmm. protecting gays and lesbians from being fired from their jobs. Right. 1977. He was like one of the very first like politicianers. Mm -hmm. Milk also leads a successful campaign against his, you know, opposition and initiated the forbidden homosexual teachers. Right. So that was, I think it was like, uh, the, op- the, the position was number six, I think mm-hmm. back then a year later, supervisor, a city supervisor, Dan white ass- assassinates milk. 
Mm-hmm. <sighs> White's actions were motivated by jealousy and depression. See, um, and then this is where we will say they got the shit wrong because you could totally let's, see. Let's, let's not have that down in the history. No, because literally the, you could totally say that was coming from a hateful place. Yeah. Um, a hate. It was a hate. Uh, they obviously were not liking the decisions or what this person Harvey was saying about this stuff needs to change for the homosexual community. And uh, this and these rights need to be like all this stuff. Like he, he was being an activist for right. them. And so having that big platform gave him all the spotlight on him. And I mean, but this city, this city supervisor, Dan White. In 19- no, 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 hold on. Before you say it, how much do you think, um, how many how many years do you think you would have to serve for assassinating um, like an yeah, official person? Yeah, think about that in your head. You just like take a few seconds. If you have to pause this, do it. Yeah, think, let's think, think how long, how long should you be yeah, to assassinate somebody? Right. Back then in the, Back se- then. In the 70s. Dan White was convicted 19, well, it was May 22nd, 1979. Mm-hmm. He was convicted of voluntary manslaughter and was sentenced to seven years in prison. But how long did he serve? But only served five of the seven. And you know, usually it's like, oh, because bitch, good, be- right? good behavior. And it's like, you. there's some people that like, I don't know. So I... I'm pretty sure is this person still alive? I don't know. You gotta look that shit up. We, we I mean, we're not. I mean, we're not. We like, don't have time right now. But um, but. we'll find out for that. But like, fuck, dude, what the fuck? You only served five years to, to assassinate, and that isn't just like a person to person. This was a like an official, a leader, leader, leader official. Right. Oh my gosh! And then just five years, and you're just good. You're good. Just serve five years, and mm-hmm. it's fine. And when I think when we were talking about this. It reminds me of the present day of the person who got off scot-free with the bullshit that they pulled. Well, 5,000 protesters back then said, fuck you. And they started, guess what they started doing? They got passed. I bet, because that's not enough time served. Mm-hmm. And this is where I have to say for people who are like, oh, why they're so, supposed to be so nice. Being peaceful and nice isn't working. It isn't working um, because we're not and they're not getting treated the same way that you're telling us to fucking act. You know, a lot of things happen and you don't know certain things, right? How I learn stuff all the time because, you know, I didn't live it. Right. Right. See, and this, I know what I lived through and I know what I've saw, but I right. witnessed. Right. And we've say this often in our show you are never too old to educate and grow and learn something because we don't know everything. And to say that we don't know everything and we should have the capacity to always learn and grow. I just feel like some people just don't have that in them. But now we have, so you're, you the, this, this person murdered this person. We have these people that are being vocal about it and saying, no, 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 this is not uh, good. It's not okay. Right. So then we have AIDS out here. Right. We have all of this stuff happening. So then you have the Democratic Party. Uh-huh. 
it states that they will not discriminate against homosexuals. And at their national convention on August 11th through the 14th, the Democrats become the first major political party to endorse a homosexual rights platform. And I feel like that's very huge. And for people who like to always label anybody from LGBT, they were the leftist or were the, the Democrat, whatever. Um, well, it's because the people on the right and the red didn't fucking fight for us. Okay. Um, so there's that. In December 21st of 1993, the Department of Defense issues a directive prohibiting the U.S. military from bearing applicants from serving based on their sexual orientation. Applicants shall not be asked or required to reveal whether they are homosexual. This is known as the don't ask, don't tell bill. Don't ask, don't tell. So don't they didn't ask, don't tell. They were not required to say specifically they were straight, gay, yep. or anything, lesbian, whatever they identified as. And they weren't supposed to turn you away. Then we, you know, you're like, oh, we're like, oh, and it's again, you're going to see this, guys. You get a little bit of like, ooh, maybe we're going the right direction. And then 1996, September, Clinton is like, no, no. No, the Defense of Marriage Act into law, and that law defines only a man and woman is the definition of a marriage, and no state is required to recognize a same-sex marriage from out of state. What happened, Democrat? What happened to you? That's what I'm saying. It's like, oh, we're going the right direction. The military is like, oh yeah, you don't have to like, you don't have to do See, that. You don't have to out people. Like everything, when you're fighting for something, you take a couple steps forward mm -hmm. and then you're like jumping back. And the whole thing is, is again, it's not even really steps. It's like you get, you're given a grain of salt to these humans. Mm -hmm. You're not, you're just, you're no, you're, I don't even know if that is, it's that. It's like, you, and, it's like, it's like, imagine if someone gives you a big, huge ice cream cone and you go to take a lick and you just had it on the tip of your tongue and it just threw and taken away or fell. Yep. It's like that. Yep. Just like that. I mean, you're not giving a community enough of what they need. You're literally only giving certain groups more privilege and rights. Um, so that when I when I saw that in the 90s, because like I was born already by yep. then, like I was a year old and I was like, what the fuck? Hmm? You were a year old. Yeah, you 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 had already graduated. I mean, no, you didn't. You had already done high school. You already did all that. You you mean you were living it. And I'm just like, I was fucking working my ass off. What the shit's happening? Yeah. Um, so 90s, I mean, fuck. and then, you know, he does that bullshit. But luckily, Vermont recognized that as bullshit and was like in 2000s um, becomes the first state, Vermont, to legalize civil unions and registered partnerships between same sex couples. Again, not marriage. Just to be able to have a relationship. So what year is it now? We're in the two we're two thousand. We're in the zeros, two thousands flat. Two thousand, so April. Yeah, that was only twenty three fucking years ago. Yep, yep, guys, that's not that long ago. And then again, that so that's not marriage, that's just relations. So the first ever state to actually legalize marriage, and it was in two thousand four, would be Massachusetts. Whew. And we're like, go, fucking Matt. hallelujah. Fuck, yeah. finally. But that's praise one, Jesus. That's, that's one state out of <laughs> that's one state out of all 50. Right. And yeah. so luckily, 
in the following this is some years though in this six years it took six years though within that six years other states followed suit being new hampshire vermont kentucky uh or connect kentucky not kentucky connecticut iowa and washington dc and then California outs themselves right. as homophobic. I mean, that's yeah. just the fa- you're homophobic. Yeah, pretty you much. You just declared your whole state homophobic. Yeah, you did. You straight up in 2008 when you're getting you're literally getting further and further into years. Like this is really not that far along ago. This is 15 years ago. Okay, <laughs> so if you were born there, you're 15 right now. Okay, so you're 15 years old. Fuck, dude. Oh my god. Um, California, and. This is voters because it says California voters. This is all you peeps in California made it to where same sex marriage in California was illegal, not allowed. It's a nay nay. The passing of the ballot was the national attention from gay rights supporters across the U.S. People were like, fucking bullshit. And if this is a better reference, my brother graduated high school the next year after that. Right. 2009. And yet. I know of so many people. That were of the LGBTQIA community. Yeah. And to have, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. It was just like, what? Something that didn't get into, and again, it's always something that has to happen traumatically for right. acts or laws to be placed. So bringing it back to the 90s, in 1998, Matthew Shepard was tortured and murdered in Wyoming. It was because of his sexual orientation. Correct. Later, again, this is much later, this is in 2009, the Matthew Shepard Act is finally passed in Congress and signed into law by President Obama on October 28th. And so it expands the measure of the U.S. federal hate crime law to include crimes motivated by victims' actual or perceived gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, or disability. So basically it was like, you can't do hate crimes. But again, this is 2009. Fucking Jesus. Oh, my God. In that same year, President Obama signs allowing same-sex partners of a federal employees to receive certain benefits, which was a big deal back then. I remember that. I mean, pe- I remember. But this also doesn't fully cover for medical expenses. It doesn't. But I remember what a huge step that was back right. then. Right. I mean, it was like you could get benefits, but you couldn't get health benefits. Right. Which I'm like, fuck, dude. Healthcare is expensive. Yeah, healthcare is expensive. <laughs> um, and again, there's been so much stuff happening in between there, little things, but like we could keep going on and on. This is going to get really long. But finally, in 2015, I'm going to say this this is the year my child was born. Yep. And how we, old is she? She's eight years old. So this yep. was eight fucking years ago. It finally became legal in all 50 states to marry the same sex. Yes. And again, my, that was the year my daughter was born. She's eight years old. We know the bullshit that's happening now. And we know what's being written right now. And how many laws have been against the LGBTQIA community. Yeah. There were people a long time ago. So as you, as we started the show, you got to hear from the very beginning of the history to now. Mm Mm-hmm. There is that I'm that I know of. There is somebody who grew up in the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. She was raised in the Catholic Church, and it wasn't okay to be 
gay or or a lesbian have those feelings and you know back then as we talked about there was mental illness it was this and that and what she did was she put herself into the comment she became a a nun Mm -hmm. because she needed to like fix her shit right because it wasn't okay right she's no longer a nun anymore but that's what people did to the extreme back then yeah i mean so you have society that is constantly beating you up for who you are who you are truly Mm -hmm. and and i've seen it so many times within people that are in my circle or things that have been depicted in shows or movies to where these people start hating themselves. Right. They start hating themselves. They can't accept who they are. So then it becomes a very vicious cycle of hating mm-hmm. yourself. And that's where it can, becomes more and more common within youth suicide. Right. And it's very, very that line where more and more people need to be accepting, understanding, mm-hmm. and just listen. And just listen. Yeah. Um. So that's just, and I, what I want you guys to take out of this show is the history and mm-hmm. how hard people worked just for the rights. Little, the little bit is mm-hmm. what I'm going to say. Right. The fucking little bit of rights that, that, they, have that, that they have right now, right. which isn't shit and, to me. And they are actively in a war against the LGBTQ community right. and wanting to take every bit of rights they can Correct. away. And specifically right now, the trans and non-binary community is being viciously attacked. Correct. Out of the LGBTQ community, that is the community that is they need our help mm-hmm. bad. They are getting their health care taken away. They are getting anything that is supposed to make them feel okay in society taken away. Right. They are not allowed to go to the bathroom that is of their gender that they go by. They have to go into a special place for that. They they are not allowed to play in sports. And this is what is happening in other states. They will check. They will check your gender. And they did that way back in the day, yes. like a long time ago. I mean, that's going back. And that's what we're trying to talk about. They're trying yeah. to bring it back to they're literally wanting to go back to what it was. Yeah. And that is why we are needing to talk about this right now and bring awareness, because that is what is happening. Mm hmm. So I know we had a lot of information today. I know it's going to take, I mean, if you have to go back, replay. It's a lot to process as well. Yeah. And we will put our resources down at the bottom. I want everybody to be kind to each other, Mm -hmm. really have an open mind. Understand, listen, and grow. Until next time, I'm Sarah. And I'm Jewel. Peace. Peace.
Our show is produced by us. Our theme song is by Comeback Karma. Don't forget to like and subscribe.